you would please, Exodus chapter 19, and it's uh, page 48, if you're using the Bibles there in the chairs, uh, it's page 48, Exodus chapter 19, and we are going to be closing out this year's uh, service, uh, uh, Sunday morning service anyway, we have a service tonight, by the way, and I want to invite you back, Uh, I do want to say this, oftentimes people will ask me, Also, do you do the same service Sunday morning as you do, or or Sunday night as you do Sunday morning? Uh, Because a lot of people think it's just a repeat of the same thing. Uh, The answer to that is no, it's not. It's two different messages. And um, uh, typically, I try my best on Sunday evenings to preach a message that is uh, more uh, encouraging in our walk with the Lord. And not that I, I think all messages should be that way, but Sunday night is is a little bit more specific. Uh, so tonight, uh, God has given me something that's been a really it's been a burden on my heart for several months now, and um, uh, God has uh, directed me to share something with you tonight uh, that I hope will be a blessing to you and answer some questions. Maybe uh, there's people here uh, that have the same question and the the. The, the, the question that I've been struggling with for the last, uh, I shouldn't say struggle, that's, that's not the right word, just pondering, that, that's a better word, meditating on, is the idea of worship. Uh, we're going to be talking about what is worship and what does the Bible say about worship? Because we have a lot of information out there about worship. And, you know, I, I really am not too concerned about what the world thinks about worship. I want to know what God says about worship. So anyway, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So come back, and and I trust it will be a blessing to you. Uh, as we come into Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 19 is a is a pivotal point really in the lives of, of the Israelites. Uh, God has done some great things in the lives of the, of the, of the Israelites. He, uh, he raised up Moses to bring them out of Egypt. He did the, the, the as most of us are very aware of, um, uh, the Ten Commandments, or, or two, Ten Commandments, uh, the Ten Plagues uh, of Egypt. Um, the, the Ten Commandments are, are, are yet to come uh, here in chapter 19. I'm just getting a little ahead of myself, I reckon. Um, but the you know the ten plagues, the water into blood, the frogs, the lice, the the uh, the livestock, the boils, the hail, uh, the death of the firstborn, and 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 so I, and that's I didn't name them all, but that, that's most of them. Um, but God did some miraculous things um, through those ten plagues, and then He brings them out of Egypt and. And, and he does it in such a way that not only does the Pharaoh let him go, but, uh, but he, he wants them to go. Uh, there's a big difference. So Pharaoh and, and the Egyptians are glad to see them go. And then he, he creates a, a pillar of fire at night to lead them on their, on their journey and a cloud by day and and he does just over and over and over, and he brings them to the Red Sea. And he does the, the miraculous parting of the Red Sea and does, does, does the impossible in the lives of the Israelites. And they, they cross over the Red Sea on dry ground, and, and then the destruction of the Egyptian army as the waters close back in. 
Then he provides them with manna and water from a rock. And it's just one miracle after another, after another, which leads us to chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 3, God promised Moses that the the nation of Israel would come back to Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses is on Mount Sinai talking to God in the form of a burning bush. And in that conversation, God promises that he would bring the people back. And and it's in verse 12, uh, the Bible says in uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I uh, have sent thee. When thou hast brought the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God on this mountain. So chapter 19, again, is a pivotal point in the whole Exodus experience. In in chapter 3, God says, it, when you go, bring the people out. You will come back here, and you and the and the people will worship me. And we, <clears throat> so we see this 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 thing coming full circle. <clears throat> now, what we're going to be talking about tonight is in chapter 19 as well, and some verses uh, in in preceding or in in following verses. But we're going to be talking about the worship that God brought them to Mount Sinai to worship. That was the whole purpose. This morning, we're going to be talking about the title of my message is Step Out and Live. Step Out and Live. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for this day for your love, for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we, on, at least on Sunday mornings, conclude uh, 2018, help us to grab hold of this very, very important principle of stepping out and living. Thank you for your love, for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I ask that you would just do a mighty work here this morning. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our theme this year has been stepping out. And, and the, 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 the implied part of that is that we are to step out in faith, are we not? Uh, and and, and that, is, that is the whole, the whole point of stepping out, is that we would not just step out and just wander, but that we would step out in faith and serve God. And, and the... the as we wind up this year's theme, I wanted to encourage us not to just step out, but to step out and live the vibrant Christian life. Because God has a plan for your life. And if you will live it, you will live a vibrant Christian life. Not just a Christian life. Not just a life of tolerance. Not just a, okay, I'm going to slug my way through life. No, God wants you to live a vibrant Christian life. And we're going to see that here in Exodus this morning. Uh, Look at Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. 
In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they uh, into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Raphidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain Uh, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. And you, you may be sitting there thinking, Wait a minute, what does that have to do about living a vibrant Christian life? Well, I want to tell you. See, Moses, in chapter 19, meets with God. And God gives Moses an incredible word picture in verse 4 that hopefully will change your life. Again, you you say, wait a minute, I just we just read that, and there's nothing there that really jumps out at me. Well, I want you to look at the word eagle. Well, actually, it's in the plural, eagles. God paints an incredible word picture in a very simple animal. My first point this morning, really in the majority of the message, is just one point. Living a life of maturity. Living a life of maturity. The word picture of an eagle, think about the majesty of of an eagle for a minute. It is our national bird, is it not? Actually, it's really kind of our national symbol. The book of Ezekiel, deity is represented in the face of an eagle. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, worship is represented by an eagle in flight. Let's let's read Revelation, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast like the face of a man, And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them uh, six wings about them, and they uh, they were full uh, of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. The eagle in this passage is representative of worship among uh, along with the other three character uh, characters that are listed here the eagle is an incredible image for us to look at moses speaks of the eagle again in deuteronomy chapter 32 verses 10 through 12 He found him in the desert land 
and in the waste hollowing uh, wilderness. And he led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord all alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. See, Moses here understands when God when God uses the word picture here in, in, in Exodus chapter 19, Moses understands the picture that he's trying to paint to present to the children of Israel. Because he repeats it in Deuteronomy chapter 32. But he, he defines a little bit more of the picture that God has for him. Now, <clears throat> I, did, I did a lot of studying on this, and, and this is some of the things that I, that I found out about eagles, especially mama eagles. When a mother eagle journeys out to build a nest, she often, well, she, she will start with twigs, oftentimes uh, thorns. Uh, she'll use sharp rocks and, and, and uh, jagged pieces of twigs and different things to construct a nest. And then she will go on and line that nest with fur and, and other things uh, <clears throat> that she can find. Uh, most of the time, my understanding is that my, most of the time uh, it's chunks of fur from animals that she's killed um, uh, in, in, her, in her hunting uh, adventures. And she'll use these things and then she'll pad the nest with those things. <clears throat> And then she'll lay her eggs in the comfort of that nest. She'll sit on those eggs and nurse them through until they hatch. And by the time the babies start to grow and they start to, quote-unquote, spread their wings, what they'll do is they'll stand on the edge of the <clears throat> nest and they'll they'll stretch their wings out and they'll they'll start to work their wings and 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 practice if you would. And when that process starts, the mother eagle will then start to take out some of the fur. And slowly she she will remove these things so that as the babies grow, what happens? They're not so comfortable. <clears throat> so then the mother <clears throat> as as the bedding and the comfort of the nest then is is pulled away, eventually, along with other urgings, the little baby eagles are are urged to what? Fly the, fly the coop, so to speak. Well, I guess. Well, see, those are chickens have coops, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. They, yeah. They don't fly the coop. They raid the coop. <laughs> but see, the the whole process is an attempt to prompt the little baby eagles 
into a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, a character of maturity. See, the whole process from the very beginning is to mature the babies to leave home. And I could stop here and preach a whole sermon on the home. Okay? Because so many... This is a commercial. Okay? This is not in my notes. This is a free commercial. Parents don't do this. But many parents want to coddle their children. We can learn much from the eagle. We need... From the time our children are born, we should be literally kicking them out of the house, in a sense. It's a process. It's a maturing process. I want to look at three specific illustrations of freedom that we can see from the eagle this morning. The first one is freedom from. Freedom from. From. I mean, what in the world are you talking about? Well, freedom from the nest. Freedom from the nest. Now, <clears throat> there is no freedom in the nest. Freedom it comes from the nest. <clears throat> what is in the nest? Restriction. Immaturity. Lack of growth. See, freedom comes <clears throat> when we leave the nest. It is often difficult to leave comfort, is it not? I, I can just, I, I don't know, I, I can imagine what it's like to be an eagle. I've always thought it'd be really cool. Uh, I, you know, I've often thought, why couldn't I have been an eagle? I don't know. <clears throat> But I can imagine as a baby eagle, this nest being lined with fur and all these nice warm things and kind of cuddling down in there and, you know, and mama taking, feeding you and taking care of you and everything. But Moses tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11, let's go back there again. It says, as the eagle stirreth up her nest. What is the job of the mama eagle? The job of the mama eagle is to get the baby eagle to a place of maturity in its life. The Jews saw Egypt as a nest. In Exodus chapter 17, we read this a few weeks ago. I wanted to read it again, and this is just one of many times that the, the children of Israel said this to Moses. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 3, And the people thirsted uh, there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of uh, Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Now let's stop and talk about this for a second. What had happened in Exodus chapter 1? The children of Israel were crying because they were slaves. They wanted out of slavery. What an incredible picture 
of the nest. But now that they were from the nest, what did they want to do? They wanted to what? They wanted to go back to the nest. Is that a sign of maturity? No. If anything, it's a sign of immaturity. Because their freedom when they were in the nest was restrictive. They had no freedom. Now that they were free, what did they want? They wanted to go back. A sign of immaturity. God delivered them out of bondage. And they wanted to go back. An eagle's purpose in life is to fly. That's what, that's what God made them for. <clears throat> Not to hunker down in a nest and do nothing. What would you think of an eagle that never wanted to leave the nest? More than likely, we would think that there was something wrong with that eagle. that eagle would never come to full maturity. God had a purpose for the eagle, and that is to fly. God had a purpose for the nation of Israel, and that was to worship Him. That's what they are here for, to worship. God has a purpose for you and me. That is to worship Him. The second illustration of freedom I want to talk about, not, not just freedom from, but freedom in. Freedom in. Where is an eagle most at home? In the air. We have freedom when we step out of the nest, just as the eagle has. <clears throat> Israel was not content in the will of God. They wanted to go back into bondage. It reminds me of Saul or Paul in the New Testament. He was, he was before he got saved, before he, uh, uh, he realized that he needed Christ in his life, he was traveling the road to Damascus and, and, and I love the encounter that Paul or Saul, his name was Saul at the time, has with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 5, it says, And he journeyed, that being Saul, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shone round about him, excuse me, uh, in the light uh, from heaven. And he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And, and the word pricks here is literally meaning sharp objects. Again, going back to the illustration of a nest, it's hard to rest in a nest that's full of of sharp rocks and thorns and sticks and things that are going to hurt. It's hard to find rest in there. 
See, we have freedom in the will of God. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11. The verse continues. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreading abroad her wings. Again, I did a lot of study and reading on this, and my understanding is <clears throat> that when a young eagle is trying to learn how to fly, it will stand on the edge of the nest and will work its wings and, and flutter and so on and so forth. How do you think that little bird knows to do that? Seeing Mama do it. Because what is she doing? She's over there coaxing him out of the nest onto the rim and she's flapping her wings. We're told in, in the Bible that's what she does. And what is she trying to do? She's trying to teach him how to what? To accomplish the thing that God had created him for. To fly. <clears throat> The whole while, Mama Eagle is staying close by. Why do you think Mama Eagle stays close by? So she can laugh at him? <laughs> to protect him from other, other, other uh, wild animals? But do you think it's possible that some vigorous young eagle would get so excited about flapping its wings it could fall. <laughs> Mama's got to go get him. That's what mamas do. And see, so often we forget, and Israel had forgotten, that when we step out of our comfort zones into the will of God, God is there like that mother eagle watching over us saying, okay, flap your wings, it's okay. And when we fall, and we will fall, what happens? Mama's right there. As I was thinking about this process of trying to teach an eagle to fly it, a flood of happiness came over me. Uh, those, those of you that are grandparents know, know what I'm about to talk about. It's one thing to teach your children how to walk, but it's even 100 times more cool to, to teach your grandchildren how to walk. Because yeah. <clears throat> when you're a parent, you want them to walk because you don't want to carry them anymore. <laughs> as, as a grandparent, it's just, it's just fun, okay? But one of the things that I noticed about my three grand, well, two of my Grandchildren, my third one is still too young to walk. But the other two, when I was helping both of them walk, I held their hands and we would take a step at a time. And oftentimes it's one of these, you know, but what am I doing? I'm, 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 I'm teaching them, okay? And then what happens after a few weeks? All of a sudden, I'm not holding their hands. They're what? They're holding my hands. You see the progression. 
And then what happens? They're, they're, they 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 get to the point where they only want to hold a finger because they're more confident. But what what am I doing the whole time? Now I've got them by they're holding me by the finger, and then what? Ha- you know what's going to happen? They're going to fall, right? And what are you there? You're right there to grab them. You're right there to grab them. And then they get to the point where they slap your hand away. And and sometimes, sometimes that's rebellion. Sometimes that's just saying, hey, I got this. But what do you do? You're right there the whole time. Why? Just like the mama eagle. Faith, or excuse me, freedom in. See, freedom comes from when we leave the bondage. Freedom in is a wonderful thing. And then the third illustration of freedom we can learn from an eagle is the freedom to. The freedom to fulfill purpose. What, where is an eagle the most happy? When he's, when he's flying or when he's doing what God has for him to do? When he's doing what God has for him to do? See, the nation of Israel had failed to realize that God not only wanted them to worship him, but they, ha- they, they had a job to do. And they failed to understand that. For an eagle, flapping wings and flying comes relatively natural. The mama will stand there, teach them how to flap, and 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 I, I actually watched a couple videos, and and it's really cool. I thought about showing one, but I didn't. Um, but the little eagle will start flapping and flapping, and all of a sudden it'll it'll like take off, and it's like whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. But I mean that, that kind of comes natural because God, I believe, God inbreeds that into into animals. But the mama's there coaching them the whole time. But the thing that I found out that is not natural is learning how to soar. See, flying comes relatively natural. But soaring has to be taught. So the mama wing, the mama will coach the, the young eagles on how to understand wind and currents and drafts and how to how <clears throat> I, I didn't know this one of the articles I read said that the eagle has the ability to do almost exactly what a hummingbird can do come to a complete stop and just flap its wings fast enough it can just yeah I didn't know that but see those things are taught What is the goal of a mama eagle? The goal of a mama eagle is to raise the baby to a point of independence. 
or, in other words, freedom. See, the, <clears throat> the, the purpose of the, the eagle is not to just fly. What would happen to an eagle if once it left its nest, all it did was fly? It would starve to death. And also the cycle of life would end. See, there is a purpose for flight. And there is a, there is a purpose of freedom. I read an article that I wanted to share a portion of it with you, written by a man named Warren Wiersbe. He said this, When we're maturing in the Lord, life becomes a series of open doors that lead to more, uh, more and more opportunities for responsible freedom. And, and get this, this next sentence is really important. But if we refuse to let God mature us, Life becomes a series of confining iron bars that limits us. Think about that. That's exactly where Israel was. A baby is safe and comfortable in the mother's wombs, but at some point, the baby must be born and enter a new and demanding world of growth and maturity from birth to death the turning point of life ushers a new freedom that brings with it new privileges and responsibilities. Walking instead of uh, uh, being carried, riding a bike and then driving a car, working at a job and earning money, learning to use money wisely, making friends, getting married, raising children, retiring at each turning point. We lose something as we gain something. And this is the way the maturing process works. But way too often, we don't want to leave the nest. We don't want to step out of our comfort zones. God says, hey, I have a job for you. I want you to... And we say, oh, I couldn't do that. Uh, no, no, I couldn't do that. I, 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 uh, I don't... What, what is the, the greatest argument I hear? And I, I even use myself often. But God, you don't understand. That's not my personality type. <laughs> you know, I, I've said this before and people always think I'm lying, but this is the this is the gospel truth. Me, at my nature, I am a very shy person. When I am in a crowd, my most comfortable spot is right over there in the corner. How many of y'all with me? Okay, lots of us. I am not an extrovert. I am not in any way an extrovert. I could be a hermit really easy. But I chose a long time ago. God said, Rick, get out of your comfort zone. It's not been easy. But it's been the greatest thing in my life. Because I am not only in the will of God, but I'm doing the will of God. That's a great freedom. 
Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11. Again, let's continue reading. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth her broad her wings, taketh them, and beareth them on her wings. I'm never alone. I'm never alone in the venture. There are times that I will feel alone. And there were times when Israel felt alone. And there are times when you will feel alone. But the reality is, well, do you think the baby eagle felt alone? Probably. Because mom, but mama was there the whole time. Just hovering. Flapping her wings. Just, just hovering. In protection mode. See, God's desire for the nation of Israel was exactly the same as it is for the eagle. That is to mature and then serve. He desires freedom for the nation of Israel. He desires freedom for the eagle. And he desires freedom for you and me. Every time the Jews complained, they were demonstrating their immaturity. Oh, wait a second. Does that mean every time we complain, we do the same? Guess what? A few weeks ago, I quoted a, a verse from a guy named George Morrison. I wanted to, I wanted to share it with you again this morning. He said it took one night to take Israel out of Egypt, but 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. How long is it taking God to get you to learn how to fly? Are you still comfortable in the nest? Or are you flying? Point number two, and we'll be done. Not only a life of maturity, but a life of contentment. Let's look at verses five and six. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandments, then ye shall be uh, a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, and all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation, these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. A life of contentment. Not only just a And I picked the word contentment here because I felt it, it was the best word I could come up with, but it's so much more than that. It's not just a, st- a state of being content and satisfied, but being in fulfilled. What it, what it, if, if an eagle is going to have that sense of fulfillment, it has got to go full circle, does it not? It has to learn how to fly, and then it needs to learn how to soar, and then once it does that, then it can start to hunt, and once the, the cycle of life starts, then it has fulfilled its purpose. But many of us, we, if we get out of the nest, spiritually speaking, we get out of the nest, but we fail to go full circle in our in our walk with Christ. 
okay, God, I'll get out of the nest, but don't ask me to do anything hard. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. I remember sitting in church when this got nothing to do with my mother. I remember sitting in church one time about 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, telling God. Now, this is what, this is what I thought. I said, God, you can have my entire life except for this one thing. And guess what God said? <laughs> no, I want that too. And, I, and you know what I said? I said, no. I did. And I ran from God for almost two years. The most miserable two years of my life. Benjamin Franklin said, contentment makes poor men rich. Discontentment makes rich men poor. I have another quote for you. If freedom doesn't lead to maturity, then we end up imprisoned in, in a bondage worse than which we had before. What would have happened if Israel had gone back to Egypt? Do you think things would have been better? Oh, no. Oh, no. It would have been a hundred times worse. A bondage from within and not from without. It's bad enough to be enslaved by an Egyptian taskmaster, but it's even worse to enslave yourself and become your own taskmaster. Amen to that. Do you think that the life of an eagle is without bumps along the way? And we kind of we kind of think of animals like that as like, man, they got the life. But you think there are bumps along the way? Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, one of them fall out of a nest, and you know, you know. And we 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 picture we picture these majestic animals, and we think there is nothing that that bird is afraid of. Is that true? No. Oh, no. There are plenty of predators, i.e. men, (laughs) that like to hunt them. See, life, wherever, whatever it is, wherever we are, is with, is, is, there's always problems. But when we learn how to fulfill our purpose. It doesn't eliminate the problems, but it brings a joy that only God can bring. Can you imagine what it would be like for an eagle to never learn how to soar? I, I can't imagine that. They're just so big and beautiful, and they, they and they, it, it is such a majestic, I, I don't know any other word than majestic, I think it's one of God's greatest creations is the eagle. Never being what God intended it to be, but living its life in a nest. Many of us would say, what a waste. Yet we do the same thing spiritually. We never learn what it's like to soar because we're afraid. And God is there the whole time saying, I've got you. 
What an incredible word picture that Moses, that, that God gave Moses here in Exodus chapter 19. I do not want to give you the impression that if you jump out of the nest and decide to serve God, that life is going to be a bowl of cherries. Because just the opposite is true. There will be problems. There will be difficulties. But you will be doing what God designed you to do. That is to soar. Can you imagine? See, the children of Israel had left Egypt physically, but they had left their hearts in Egypt. And everything that God is trying to communicate to Moses here is about one thing. That's our hearts. See, the heart of an eagle is to go out and do what God created it to do. Where's your heart this morning? There's an incredible verse in, in Matthew chapter 6 that I read often and remind myself often uh, because I have been guilty of violating this verse. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And see, the word treasure here, we, we, we fail to realize the significance of this word. <clears throat> and and I, I can just see it now. There's someone in, the, there's someone in here thinking, okay, he's going to preach about money. No. That word treasure has very little to do with money but it has everything to do with your heart. What are your treasures? What are the things that you are passionate about is proof of where your heart is. See, where is the heart of an eagle? The heart of an eagle is to be out and doing and flying and hunting and doing the things that God created it to do. What about a Christian? We sang about it this morning. Go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. That is what God has for us to do. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What are the things that captivate you? What are the things that draw you in? Are you more concerned about staying in the nest and staying comfortable than getting out of the nest? I don't know. I cannot answer that. See, we have those three incredible illustrations from the eagle. Freedom from, freedom in, freedom to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly